0: bye everybody hello everybody coming up on Verse first course first 1994 officially had 726,223 really good albums uh we talk about we missed a few maybe the most controversial band that had one of those that's next I like Evil's face. Mm. I think this is going to be a very good episode because of the face he's making. Mm. Welcome to Verse Chorus Verse. I'm DL. With me is Rachel. Is it a margarita this year? Polio, Rachel. <laughs> Not today.
1: Not today, David.
0: Wow, we are growing.
1: I'm trying. It- also, I'm <laughs> out of margarita. Branching mix. out.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's that'll do so it. So there's that. Uh, Evil. Is it bourbon, Jimmy? Evil. It's not, it's not. I already know what's not.
2: It's not a bourbon. Not today.
0: <laughs> Everybody's confused. me. Today Satan. Nah. Not
1: <laughs> That's David's nickname.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I get told not today frequently by these jabronis. Um, <laughs> season 4. <laughs> look at look at you pretty people on Aww. video. You're so beautiful. Mm. Right? It's it, it's kind of a lie cuz we can't actually see you. You just see us. But season 4, this is it Are people. you talking to them? Yeah, yeah. they're probably I really, definitely really thought really he was pretty. talking to us. That's what too. I do. I'm going to do a lot of breaking the third wall this year.
2: The fourth wall <laughs> good, maybe. Good job. <laughs> what?
1: No, the third the, wall. Are you guys <laughs>
2: the Kool-Aid man? Oh yeah. It, evil all <laughs>
0: Uh, all of the <laughs> preseason episodes are done. Are you so happy about that? Oh my god,
2: no, they're not.
1: <clears throat> are they done?
0: For some of us, all of them are done. Yeah.
1: Get it together.
0: I got time. <laughs> <laughs> give me your give me your top two reasons you hate the preseason episodes so much.
2: Uh, wh- the the number one reason is because you guys aren't there. Aww. You miss us. Uh, no, I just I don't like talking to myself. Um, i I do kind of miss you. that's the that's really the reason. That's the reason.
0: That's a good reason. It's, Rachel, you're okay yeah. with it.
1: Uh, I'm fine with it. I would rather have you boys there, but you know, yeah, I think everything. we're
0: gonna switch around a little bit next year and just make him it's, pre, the, I, the preseason episodes came out great, but there is there there is just something missing. And I almost feel like, Particularly for one guy, there's actually just the same amount of fucking work in the preseason, if not more, than if we were to just fucking meet up and bullshit for yeah. an hour. Yeah. So
1: Maybe we'll bullshit next year. I next year
0: we just... I feel like preseason should just be bullshit. Should have holiday happy hour. Yeah, holiday happy hour. Maybe we'll watch a movie together.
1: You know what we could do? Watch a movie together. Or we could just get together. Could we do... This is... Where you edit, maybe. Um, like just have
0: Don't fucking tell me where <laughs> to edit, just talk good or Bro.
1: Uh no, because this is like I don't wanna anyway. Have uh Sven just record us just chatting someday. Like
0: Well that's going I'm hoping that that's the finales from now on. No, we could record it at the finale. That's what I'm
1: saying. Because Love it's it. like bullshit You're, talking about Christmas movies and stuff.
2: Yeah. You're a genius. I know. I feel like we should. I don't know if this is outside of like scheduled con. Probably outside of scheduled content. We should just do like a quarterly happy hour where we just fucking bullshit (sighs) and don't like we talk about whatever. Could be music, could be movies, could be. But it's not not like programmed content. I think that I like it. Yeah,
0: yeah. New Wonka movie. I bet people would. Pay hey, so much money to see that. <laughs> I oh, <would. laughs> I got it. I got it. Uh, hey, Rachel. Hey, David. What is the reason that you're so excited for season four?
1: Uh, geez, just the more time I get to spend with you guys, the better.
0: Okay. Also, uh, what, what, yeah. What's the real reason?
1: <laughs> um, there's so many reasons. I feel like the stuff that we're doing. This year, we just keep leveling up uh, on the quality of our stuff. And I feel like our ideas are getting more refined. It's just getting better. And so I'm getting excited because I'm more proud of the products that we're putting out.
0: I agree. I think these first few of video may be a little rough. Maybe not. We don't know. They might be good right off the bat. They might be a little rough. But hey, I feel like by halfway through the season, we're going to be... Hot shit. Hmm. Um, evil, <laughs> steamy
2: hot give shit. Us th- uh, give us the, give us the
0: theme for season four because that's why you're so excited. Uh,
2: it, it, yes, it is. <laughs> you are correct. We are now in 2024. Yeah,
1: kind of think. there it is. <laughs> it's only been a couple Tw- days. I honestly,
2: Tw- I was gonna help you and I couldn't figure. <laughs> it out I just either. looked in the
1: corner because I was like. <laughs>
2: 2024, which means it is the 30-year anniversary of Hot Take, the greatest year in music ever.
0: Mm. I think that's it's a hot take, but it's not anybody that would argue that it's not top five, at least Mm -hmm. from our generation. Yeah. Or, you know, I don't know what
2: generation you are, Evil, but I'll I'll qualify it. I'll (laughs) qualify
1: He's only like 10 or 15 years older (laughs) than us. Fuck. I am
2: I am Gen X. I don't think you guys are. You guys are like <laughs> No, we're the bad ones. We're right on the border, though.
1: So we're old. We're practically your age. Ish. Mm-hmm. Minus yeah, 10 years. It's 15, 10, 20.
2: Uh, I will I will that's, qualify. That's I it, that's another. Uh, <laughs> while I will say that maybe not the best of the best albums were released in 94th. There's some really fucking good ones. There's some good stuff. Broadly there was just a shitload of really good albums. So maybe not yeah. a, not all of them were tier one, but they were tier 1.5, 2, 3, and there was a bunch of them. A bunch.
0: Uh, completely agree, and I feel like that's why we decided this year, that's all we're doing. We're doing 1994, and there, mm-hmm. there's going to be here and there. We're still going to do our listener-supported, so people are going to come on with things that obviously aren't 94. Some of them will, uh, but we'll also have we're gonna have interviews that while we're going to pull some stuff, some people that had some prominent things in 1994, we're not gonna talk to them about their fucking projects in uh, 1994 because thirty year olds. We want to, people to yeah. like us, you know. Yeah. <laughs> as much as we want them to rehash the seven millionth time they've it's been hard. asked about. Or Chris Farley with uh,
2: exactly. You you remember? You remember that? You remember when you made that
0: (laughs) that album with Chris Cornell? What was that like? Yeah. Uh, No, we're trying to be a little bitter, a little bitter, and a little better than that. Mm. But 1994, and who better to start with than a band that came out with uh, fantastic? Fucking album in 94 but a polarizing band mm-hmm. polarizing because i feel like i feel like the the opinion has grown a lot more positive in over the last 20 years but if studying for this holy shit <laughs> did people fucking hate this
2: band critics
1: yeah bands fucking yes. loved them yeah
2: that's the difference. Fans usually love, yeah. The l- the well, listeners, not, I just broadly, yes. I think they were a loved band by the public, but yeah. critics were pretty brutal, especially in the very beginning.
0: It was so goddamn e- like it wasn't not. Uh, I'll say this: usually, in retrospect, you have to search when you're studying for bad reviews, mm, for reviews mm-hmm. that where people are shitting on good right. like this. It's everywhere. Yeah, everywhere. everywhere. Right. It was so. Mm-hmm. There
1: was some was mean. Mean yep. stuff.
0: I hope you guys have sh- quotes because I have a couple. Oh, dude. I have?
1: <laughs> I have the worst. We one. probably have. This, I'm sure we all have the I, worst one.
0: I think it's the same one uh, that I have. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Stone Temple Pilots. We're talking about fucking Stone Temple Pilots for mm-hmm. people our age. One of the fucking one of one of the most important bands of my childhood. I'd say. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I know it's. I know it's way up there for evil. Yes. Rachel?
1: Uh yeah, same. There was uh, in studying for this there was a lot of stuff that I didn't realize I had picked up through osmosis. I thought I was going to be a lot more studying and a little bit less reviewing, but this oh. this painted a lot of uh my younger years and my when I was finding out what I wanted to listen to in music.
0: Hmm. Yeah. For for real. Uh, they were everywhere when we were growing yeah. up. Mm-hmm. And uh, pivotal age for Rachel and I uh, being, you know, that what, what like, fifth and sixth grade. And then they had an album that came out when we're in middle school. Like, those are pivotal years. For Evil, it was more of a, what, high school and college, right? Yeah.
2: So, there, my junior year of high school was when CORE came out. And that was enormous. It was... <clears throat> I don't think you guys know how big of a band they were for me. I know you know that I liked them, but they were my favorite band in high school and college,
1: hmm.
2: like by a long shot. I would say um, they were your Alice in Chains. Yeah, yeah. Um, they
1: were your In Sync.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yes.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh. But at some point, I had to say bye, bye, bye. Um,
1: <laughs> oh,
0: <laughs>
3: dad no, joke I, of I the
2: I don't just wait. Um, I have a complicated relationship with this band because they were very challenging for me at times. And I consciously made the decision to not be as big of a fan as I was. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. This is going to be, I will say this, that there were three bands in right around this time, that it was the because I have an older brother who who really introduced me to music and and I, I was always like secondhand music you know that uh, his music became my music Stone Temple Pilots the uh, Undertow Tools album Undertow and mm-hmm. uh, Saigon Kicks album The Lizard were the first three albums that I'm like this is my music that I'm influencing him with it was that was like a very pivotal moment for me that's really cool
0: mm-hmm. um yeah i'll i'll get in later on i'll get into it there's i have a few specific stories about stp albums for me as well scott here's here's my first the most important question of the day rachel
1: Dick. is
0: it scott wayland or scott wyland
1: ooh <laughs> i say weyland <laughs> so shut the fuck up <laughs> <laughs> Probably Wayland. I think I hear the most.
0: Well, it's an EI, right? Yeah. So it's like my name. It's Scott. It's Scott Willand. <laughs> right? No, nobody. Evil. Is it Wayland or Wyland? Yep. I I've always said Scott Wayland. I don't. No, I I honestly have no clue what it is actually.
1: I always yeah. uh, try and find interviews with them saying their yeah, name. Yeah, just call him
2: Scott.
0: <laughs> yeah, but how were you able to find...
1: I, no, I didn't know this question was yeah. going to be there, or else I oh, would have...
0: We'll just call him Googled. Call him Drugsy McHeroin Face. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> let's, let's go. <laughs> David. Oh, my God. Hey, speaking of drugs, let's get to the most important part of the Ooh. day. Very, very full cup right up to her face. She's what are thirsty. You
2: So full.
1: Um, I want to say this is called a transfusion. Something like that. I Google Those of you
0: not watching, those of you on audio, she's literally putting it into her arm right now. So it's
1: delicious. Here's the thing. I've been not feeling well. So I have I had some ginger ale, and I was like, what can I do with the ginger ale? to keep ginger ale in me but also other stuff so this one is ginger ale a little bit of smirnoff vodka lime fresh lime and uh it said grape juice but (laughs) kool-aid we just put some kool-aid powder in there (laughs) ginger ale and it's purple now
0: (laughs) and that's a rachel drink if i've ever heard of one and
2: grape drink go purple drink big cups it's amazing and
0: it's delicious right it's
1: not bad the, I, I made another drink not so long ago with Kool-Aid powder. Um, <laughs> they
0: the, will, uh,
1: that had Sprite. The- uh, the Sprite is a lot sweeter than the ginger ale. So it's a little less, uh, Rachel that I'd like, but it's still good.
2: Pro tip. Yeah. Put the Sprite in after you shake the cocktail.
1: Uh, pro tip, um, I didn't pr- shake it <laughs> at all. I just poured it in in a little stir-stir.
2: Shut up with the spoilers.
0: Uh, for all you that wanting to know what we're talking about, you're going to see that video in about three days Yay. on YouTube. So make sure to check we're it out. We're just
1: building up the anticipation, David.
2: Mm-hmm. It's working. Uh, <laughs>
0: evil, what are you drinking?
2: Uh, I am having a gin-based cocktail. Uh, it's a little okay. more a little more pur- that pink purple it's, pretty. it's it's pink let's it, let's be real it's pink i use uh, empress jen uh to keep, to make it a little more purple uh-huh. to be mm-hmm. more thematic uh,
1: so i'm, I'm gonna t- i didn't even mean to do that
2: gonna... ah, right purple
1: purple would you that's have that's oh, okay
0: cuz i was i wasn't going to spoil anything because i thought i knew what you had made because i had seen a picture of it before this mm-hmm. but the color threw me off yep. it's like that is
2: not the fucking color i'm used to right so, okay. this is for the theme of 1994. I thought I'd go with the corpse reviver, number two, because all of the people <laughs> <Yes>. who died.
3: <laughs> yes.
2: Who I wish they were still around Ew. because they made some really fucking good music. Me- what? It's it's on. true. It's true. <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: The guy we're talking about tonight lived much longer than I yes. thought he was going to. Yeah. Like, yeah. for real. The question I still have. He is the Perry Farrell of Stone Temple Pilots. <laughs> right.
2: It's a a good joke, I promise. (laughs) (laughs) I (laughs) I promise. You you guys will get it later. Uh, (laughs) My favorite joke is, does Eddie Vedder experience the quickening every time a singer from a band from that era passes away? (laughs) So stupid. Yeah, I know. Highlander (laughs) jokes. Come on, man.
3: There can be only one.
0: He, he gets more powerful with every... Um, You guys know what I'm drinking, right?
1: Hennessy. Straight out of the bottle.
0: Well, that too, but I drink it the first episode of the season every year. That's right. And it was always in honor of the four of us. And even though there's only three... Oh, sad. Um, there's
1: four in spirit. Four loco. Oh, it's a USA <laughs> Four loco.
0: Fuck yeah. It's a USA Four loco. I don't know what that means. I don't know what America tastes
2: like. Freedom. It uh, tastes, it like, tastes freedom. like freedom.
0: Freedom and gunmetal. Oh.
2: May the wings of liberty never lose a feather.
0: I mean, this one is so much better than the last one I drank last year. Rachel would like this, I think. Probably.
1: (laughs) I don't think I've ever had a taste.
0: Really? Really.
2: Oh, my God. It tastes like it was made with uh, Kool-Aid, is what it tastes Uh, like.
1: Ah, then I would like it.
2: Yeah. I feel like there is an opportunity for Rachel to create a cocktail book called Kool-Aid Cocktails.
1: (gasps) Ooh. Yes. (laughs)
0: Someday we're going to make a shit ton of money on all of these things under the verse chorus verse umbrella and uh, don't steal our fucking idea. (laughs) Rachel, if you're approached, just remember us little ones.
1: (laughs) Just remember. Please. Who brought you to where you are.
0: So, (laughs) hey, that's what we're drinking tonight, everybody. And not only that, but this year, as of season four, in honor of our good buddy, who was always such a a proud promoter of my drinking and I and always just made me feel very comfortable with the amount of drinking that I did <laughs> and made sure that I always tried to drink more um, I say that for the rest of this year the what are we drinking tonight portion of this is in honor of our dear friend Sven Knutsen. Mm.
2: yeah I like so that. Love him. here we
0: go the what are we drinking tonight cheers for our dear pal Sven Sven I'll, I'll see you in a couple of episodes, I think. Uh, but yeah, cheers I like that
2: everybody. guy. We're going to get some noodles someday in the he's, near future. He's a good man. He and I.
0: Uh, we're going to take a break. We'll be right back to talk some STP. Uh, we are back. Stone Temple Pilots, everybody. Before we get into anything else with them, we got to do the friendship test. Rachel, what is Evil's favorite Stone Temple Pilots album? What is mine?
1: Okay, I wrote down an answer, but the more I studied, the more I was like, Proud of you? Maybe, <laughs> maybe I'm wrong. Because at first I put, it's everybody's is purple, and that's just the answer.
0: It's a very understandable answer.
1: But then part of me was like, I, I want to say that's still true for you, David.
0: Do you think a part of you wanted to change your mind because that's a boring answer?
1: I think it's... Yeah. Mm.
0: Because that's why I didn't want to say that it's just purple for everybody because it's too fucking boring.
1: But there's a lot of good stuff there. It's the most... There are a
0: couple good songs on purple.
2: Yes. Uh...
1: It's okay. (laughs) It's the most good. Uh... I'll stick with that because I feel like sometimes when I change my mind, it's all, it's just wrong.
0: You get a purple. You get a purple. Everybody gets a purple. Same here, but it was too boring. So (laughs) I said that uh, I'm going with Rachel's is purple, but I went with evil. I know how much he loves purple. So I know Mm -hmm. that this is probably wrong, but I'm still going core. Because yeah,
1: that's when he fell in love. Core's is number
0: one. Yep. Core would have been when he fell in love. And it core is. is much heavier than purple. Yeah. So yep. I'm going core for evil. Uh, right. Evil, what about you? It's purple
2: uh, <laughs> for both of you. And if it's not, you're both wrong. <laughs>
0: Well, we know what's happening
2: then. <laughs> having- I am the only
0: one.
3: <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> Looks like you I'm drinking. Idiot. <laughs> now, okay. Well. Now, hold on. Let me, let me throw some nuance that way. I'm going to pick your guys' second favorite.
1: Oh, okay. See, this is. Okay. That's a good idea.
2: I'm going to okay. say. Yes, besides Purple, yeah. what is
0: each person's favorite I'm album? There say you go. You're so much better at this than me. You should host that- a podcast. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I'm going to say Rachel's is Tiny Music, and I'm going to say DL's is Four. Interesting. Yes.
1: Those are Very good guesses.
0: Mm-hmm. I'm going to say Rachel's is tiny music and Evil's is core.
1: I'm going to say core evil. Uh, four is a really good answer. I'm going to steal that. I'm going to go four for David as well.
0: Copycat. Mm.
1: Um, <clears throat> if I get a, an a In it
0: 1985 <throat> some would say that uh, Rob, the bassist for Stone Temple Pilots, was at a Black... Not a Black Cat. A Black Flag concert where he met Scott Wayland-Wyland. Supposedly, they started talking about the girls they were dating who turned out to be the same girl. The same girl. To wit, they both broke up with her and became besties for life. Then we get 1989's Mighty Joe Young... Or no, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. We first get what is what swing with a couple other people that are insignificant. Sorry, (laughs) you people. If you guys are watching this, hoping we were going to bring you up, we did. We're not going to name you because I didn't write it down. She She might have done heroin. You guys. Yep.
2: I mean, hey, they would have been better. Maybe they did. We don't know.
0: Uh, That's true. They (laughs) yes.
2: You boys.
1: (laughs) It's
0: magic sauce. Uh, So then, in San Diego, Mighty (laughs) Joe Young in 1989. Writes a demo, gives it to Atlantic. Atlantic says, you're Stone Temple Pilots now. Here's millions of dollars. You're about to be famous. That is the story of Stone Temple Pilots. Did I miss anything?
1: No, that was really good.
0: Yeah. Pretty easy shit. Yep. Uh, it is Dean and Rob who are brothers, which is, hey, what do we always say evil?
2: Go, go. <laughs> Keep it in Sports the family. Team? Go I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> family, the, keep it in the family. Oh my god! Podcast is taking a turn. Uh, well, apparently, yeah. Brothers who play music together growing up uh, turn out to make some pretty fucking cool bands.
0: Yes, if a band has brothers in it, mm-hmm. chances are it's a good fucking band. <clears throat> uh, band and then Flint. we got Eric on drums, and and now we have Jeff Gut on vocals. Yeah. Um, Gut, but. So here's a question for you guys. Yeah. With Jeff gut on vocals, is that actually Stone Temple Pilots? Goot.
1: No. Uh, no. And here's the thing. It's so unfair to say it this way because every piece of the band is important and everybody adds something to the band. But when you think of most bands, you're thinking of the lead singer. So if you take that yeah. out, that's no longer Especially one as
2: polarizing as Scott Wayland. 100%. Hmm. <laughs> No, oh, okay. It's, yeah. Were, were they Stone Temple Pilots w- in the stuff that they recorded with Chester?
1: No. no not to me. I love Chester.
2: Which,
0: by the way, guys, get your fucking lead singers taken care of for Christ's sake.
2: <laughs> <laughs> They're in a weird spot. It's not spot.
0: fair to them. It's not fair to them because they want to keep making money. 100%. And they want, if, if, you lose, if you lose the name Stone Temple Pilots, <sighs> people aren't going to go to your shows. Is it like you lose
2: thousands of people going to your show. Sure. Right. I mean, but they recorded the talk show album. That was with a different singer. <clears throat> that Yeah. And it, it, wasn't and it was as good. Yeah. Uh, uh, I agree. Uh, I like it, but it wasn't the same thing.
0: Let me ask you something. Would you like it more? If, see, this is why I don't like Allison Chains now. Mm. I have nothing. The new lead singer is amazing. Mm-hmm. Yep. He's yep. great. But, what pisses me off about particularly Jeff gut or which I'm sure this is why he was brought into the band, but it pisses me off that they brought in somebody to sound exactly like Scott Wayland.
2: I mean, like, there is, there is a blueprint for that. Journey did that. <clears throat> yeah, they, that's true. They brought in Arnel Pineda and was fucking great. Great vocalist. They didn't create any new, more memorable music with him. He just filled in to, you know, sort of like carry on the legacy. Same, same yeah. with with Duvall and Allison Chains. You know, they Yep. It's not a dare I say it. It's not a Van Halen situation where there's like <clears throat> two successful eras of a career. Yeah. You know, but they also, I mean, it. If they would have went with a new singer earlier in their career maybe they could have become something different with that singer that was another era of Stone Temple Pilots. But I think because it's so... I mean, they're not spring chickens. That's actually a good... You
0: know? That's a good butterfly sliding doors thing because Mm -hmm. I have certain things to say later on that that might play a part in. If they would have found another singer earlier on who made different decisions... Yes, yes. Interesting. I also
1: feel like to say that they wouldn't have been successful uh, not under the Stone Temple Pilots umbrella is a little unfair because you have Nirvana, Dave Grohl, and Foo Fighters. You know what I mean? Like he left and started. I mean, obviously had to. He left, Dave Grohl, and started another incredibly <laughs> successful band.
2: They had a falling out.
0: Yeah. Well, and like they're Kurt's also that's a fell he- out of his head
2: from him. Yeah. <laughs> Oh my
0: god.
2: <laughs> there's also this
1: episode.
2: <laughs> Corpse survivor. <laughs> Not brought to you by Rachel. I just want
1: everyone um, to remember the things that I said versus the things that everybody else said.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I I I mean there's a big difference between leaving a band that somebody else was doing all the writing and starting your own thing. And look, Stone Tumble Pilots know what they are and I yep. I know they know what they are because when they toured they knew what they were and they know they know what they need to do to make money and mm-hmm. in order to do that they do they just have to keep playing what they played a long right. time ago uh, so i'm not like to no fault of theirs i don't like any of their not only do i not like any of their new shit but to be honest when i made this outline i didn't even include it in right. The right. we're right. not even we're not no. even going to talk about anything past 2010
2: Mm-mm. I would have I would have phoned in that research anyway. Uh, I haven't even listened to that those albums and and I I skimmed them them a little bit, but I'm like this. It's a different era of music too, like Stone yeah. the, the classic era of Stone Temple Pilots recorded to tape. their are their the feel of their music is partially in part due to how they recorded it. Like the tempos change throughout songs. They'll drag parts and then come in. And it's it's a different era of music now. And the same musicians, the DeLeo brothers and Eric recording music today, sounds too manufactured. So just Mm. on the music alone, it's not as interesting. I agree. Evil or
0: Rachel, do either of you remember the first time you heard Stemple? Stemple? First time you heard Stemple Pilots? Ren and (laughs) Stemple? so stupid
1: <laughs> no i want to say one of the first memories i have is definitely the unplugged
3: mm-hmm. stone temple mm-hmm.
1: pilots i think oh, there's so well much that's... through osmosis that we heard because i was big on mtv when i was a kid um so it was 100 it's a good album sometime <laughs> jimmy's through there fondling
0: mm-hmm. Yeah, my dad and I were big headbanger ball, headbangers right. ball listening tours. Yes. So I very much remember, you know, like sex type thing. I remember that mm-hmm. coming out, and I remember all that shit, and I immediately loved it. There were I didn't immediately love Nirvana. I didn't immediately love Alice in Chains when I was a real young kid. I fucking loved Stone Tumble Pilots yeah. the second I heard them. Mm-hmm. And A lot of critics would say that, well, that's because they fucking, they not were a plant, but they basically played a blueprint that was impossible not to
2: like. Speaking of of, uh, Headbangers Ball, like, Weiland refused to go on MTV because they, uh, what's his name, Richie Rackman from Head, Ratchman, Rackman? I I remember him. I don't know. The host for Headbangers no Ball, they had Butthole Surfers yeah. on, and the Butthole Surfers had toured with Stone Temple Pilots. In fact, there's singers who introduced heroin to Wyland, to Scott. Oops, interesting. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Did not know that. Uh, at the show where they played dressed as Kiss, it happened. That that's when it happened. So Gene Simmons, it's your fault. Um, oh God. <laughs> but. <laughs> When when uh, when Richard <laughs> was talking to the butthole surfers, they're like they brought up Stone Temple Pilots, and they're and I think one of them said, "Who do they sound like?" And Richie, Rick, I think Richie said, "Who do who don't they sound like?" And Wyland um, was like, "Fuck you, yeah. <laughs> not going out back on MTV," and that was a whole kerfuffle.
0: Yeah, so it, I think the the biggest thing that pisses me off about. First off, they were unfortunate enough to be around in a time where, A, pop music was really fucking good. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like, bands like Nirvana and Alice in Chains were, were popular. Yeah. And not only that, because of that, a lot of people that knew pop music, which wasn't any fucking special thing, were pretentious about it. And they had to have these bands that they hated because they weren't original or they weren't whatever. There weren't Mm -hmm. like not a lot of people were like, dude, you can actually like both. Like you can love Mud Honey and love Stone Temple Pilots. It's not you don't have to pick and choose these fucking bands.
2: Well, I mean, they weren't from the right geography. They were from Southern California, not the Pacific Northwest they didn't put out an indie release they came came out swinging on the atlantic yeah. on a fucking major label uh they had almost instant success you know so they yep. didn't do the things that were expected of like yeah. the the sub pop sync offense you know like they didn't yep. like grind it out and play in the the underground clubs and didn't have the punk ethos <laughs> that you know the,
0: the biggest thing that annoys me about that though is that simple math proves that that's wrong? Simple, ma- <laughs> everybody's bitch right. about which. First of all, everybody's bitch was that they copied Pearl Jam. Stone Temple Pilots sounds fucking nothing, nothing like Pearl, Pearl Jam. Jam. No, nothing. But I saw that everywhere. It was just copying Eddie Vedder and Pearl Jam. Which, first of all, that's bullshit. Second yeah. off. The demos that were made by Mighty Joe Young were 1990, which yeah. had half of core on it. Right. 10 came out in 91. So simple math, that's bullshit. Mm-hmm. They weren't copying fucking Pearl Jam. They, they may have heard, I'm sure that they heard, maybe Wayland started singing in his lower tone because he heard right. some other yeah. band fucking do it. That was cool. But the it's it annoys me so much because it's so easy to
2: disprove. Well, yeah. Yeah, Well, and they were an L.A. band and then went to San Diego and kind of blew up in San Diego. Uh, Eddie Vetter came from San Diego, and he was quoted at one point saying, like, I was plugged into the scene in San Diego. I don't remember them being a thing there. I'm like, that's because they weren't until after you fucking left. They were an L.A. band. They tried to make it in L.A., but L.A. was still kind of stuck in the hair metal era. Mm-hmm. And... It wasn't mm-hmm. until like a little bit later they moved they sort of went to San Diego and that's where they built their their local following. And Vetter was yeah, already well, up in doing, you know, Pearl Jam at that point. Well, and hey Vetter, you're
0: welcome for fucking Andrew Wood dying. Yeah. So that you could be in Pearl Jam. <laughs> like what the fuck did you do to start oh. this? You know what I mean? Like he didn't do shit. Right. He found fa- he just fell into an amazing band. Yeah. Fuck that <laughs> fuck Pearl Jam. Mm-hmm. Um We are 42 minutes into season four. Love it. (laughs) You know, why why do you think it was that Jane's Addiction got a pass and Stone Temple Pilots didn't? Because Jane's Addiction was an L.A. band. They were all, you know,
2: Perry Farrell was all glamour. Like, he was glam rock guy. Do you think it's just because they were earlier? Probably a little earlier. And they they embraced the sleaze of the L.A. scene, whereas I don't think Stone Temple Pilots, whether they did or not, themselves i think they were like more put into the grunt the quote unquote grunt like perry Farrell was not grunge ever never ever jane's addiction was not grunge they were something else they were yeah. L- they were an la thing yeah yeah they were like lumped in with like chili peppers and some of the other stuff kind of happening in the la scene at that time so Evil
0: you are uh like you said you are about as big of a fan as you can get in the sense that at one point in time this was pretty yep. much your favorite I was. band of all. Yes.
2: Th- yeah. Yeah.
0: So yep. what what span of your life was that? What were the
2: junior year of high school is where I like latched on to them. I'm like this is like that was core, the core era. I'm like this band's fucking amazing. Mm-hmm. And then um the summer after I graduated high school is when Purple came out. And before even before that, the um was it nineteen ninety three when the Crow soundtrack came out? Was that the fall of ninety three? That's ninety four. Is it ninety four? Yeah. Oh no. So the yeah, the, the crow soundtrack came out in March of ninety four and purple came out in the summer. So that's probably why. Um gotcha. I, but I latched on to I, I like Big Empty, I loved. I loved that unplugged album I thought was huge. Um, I I feel like that summer of 94 is when I I was already a really big fan and that summer of 94, I'm like, this is my fucking music. When purple came out, like Vaseline, uh, interstate love song, uh, you know, big empty the rest of the album. And and I took that into like college, and then '96 is when Tiny Music came out, and I felt incredibly challenged by that album mm-hmm. in a number of ways. Like his, Scott's vocal, the the music changed. They were doing some really experimental stuff sonically. His voice changed; it was very raspy. Like, and yep. you can you can if you look at him from the videos from Core and like the MTV stuff, and then look at him in the Tiny Music era, that his his physical body changed dramatically. I wonder why. Right? Uh, It made me incredibly uncomfortable, and I didn't want to like that album. I did not want to like Tiny Music, but I fell in love with it over time.
0: Uh, Rachel, what are your thoughts on Stone Temple Pilots' lyrics? We're gonna we're gonna learn more about that uh, soon on YouTube, but yeah. I want to hear your thoughts here.
1: Um, I think for uh, generally they have very good lyrics. I have no complaints, Ooh. except <laughs> uh, there is so much room for interpretation in so much of what they're saying. Yes, that. Mm-hmm. Which was it makes kind me of a th- and actually have to work on I
0: was wrong. Your Oh My Word has already come out on plush. Oh gotcha. So people have watched plush. Right. They know your thoughts on plush.
2: Very artsy Could. art schooly. Well,
1: and it's like with with that song and with a couple other songs, there's so much open to interpretation because of the fact that that song was pulled a little bit from a headline, but also they just kind of rolled off of that. So it is a little about something very specific but also not specific Mm -hmm. and so there's so much going on within their lyrics that it's like a mind fuck because i want a right answer (laughs) and there's not one
0: yeah it's one of those things where you're like man this is probably about this and this and this and then they interview him he's like no this is about this murder rape thing i saw in the news like what what
1: what yeah it's but then also not about that and also they wrote it in a hot tub like they were just you know yeah (laughs) hanging it out. Also, I want to know back then, like, how did they how did they write it down? Did they bring a guitar? Were they sitting outside kind of the hot tub? Like, I want a good visual of exactly how this happened.
0: Musicians don't write down songs, they write.
1: How do you remember it?
0: You, but musicians have forgotten probably their 10. That's the thing. All musicians have forgotten their 10 best songs they ever wrote. Christ yeah, <laughs> so true. It's just gone. It's like fishermen. Right. Also Old Man he, of the Sea, great book.
2: He Go ahead. he would write in third person. So he would it, it might sound like the lyrics are like deep, meaningful experiences to him, but he's writing in third person. Right. And he wasn't the only lyricist. Like Eric wrote a lot of lyrics yeah. for that's for true the, too. The, the the big hits, even so and they'd
0: write from the perspective of yep. like women and they yep. write it was it mm-hmm. was interesting stuff i Very. don't i don't not like their lyrics but it's funny when i think of and i think this is actually a compliment to them that no lyrics really stand out because stone tumble pilots to me is such a uh, such a perfect example of a band that was just the sum of their parts yeah mm-hmm. like they you much. can't like their drummer their bass player their guitar player yep. scott they were all just so fucking solid mm-hmm. at what they did well, and, that. That.
1: <laughs> and that's a part of something when you're we talking about they're having such success like right out of the gate is that core as an album. And I know we're going to talk about this in a little bit, but like they were so solid already. Mm-hmm. Like they knew their yeah. characters. They knew their instruments. They knew exactly what they were doing. And it made yeah. it such a good album from the start.
2: G- agree. Core is a good example. And I know we're going to start with it here shortly, but they are such good musicians. Right. Yeah. Like it it this the songs on core probably sound the simplest, maybe. Uh and that, that might be due to just it it being essentially a demo that they recorded. Yeah. And and, and the, the production. Period, the, yeah, uh, the, the, you, just sonically sign of the, the production right. of the time. You know. Yeah. But if you if you like actually try to learn their songs as a musician, you're like, holy shit, this is yeah. very intricate well thought out music the critics at the time i don't think had the musical vocabulary to actually get what they were doing
0: well and have you listened to the demo the mighty joe young demo Mm -hmm. like the drums for example on that are unreal yeah so it's very clear that when Atlanta got a hold of them they're like hey eric like fucking chill like we, this isn't a, this isn't a fucking you're like, not buddy we're, rich, you're buddy. not fish. Yeah. Like we want our four minute <laughs> songs yeah. of, of boom, snap, boom, snap. Yeah. But yeah, like you try, you go on to watch things on YouTube about the, the, like Dean's guitar playing sounds simple, mm-hmm. but then you look at the fucking chords he plays. Yeah, the voicing that he dude plays. is a he's a fucking jazz guitarist, man. Yes. He is. Yes. He there's and, yep. like there's a fifth, there's a seventh, there's in every mm-hmm. single fucking chord, there's something there.
2: And and Robert DeLeo, he is that guy is musically his musical intelligence is very high. Amaze balls? <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah. They play shit that is like it sounds great in the the context of their pop rock song, but if you like pull out the individual bass lines that he plays, it's like what in the fuck are you doing here, dude? It's co- very <laughs> complex, nuanced music.
0: Unreal shit. Yep. Um, and we're gonna talk about it when we get in to the albums, uh, which I want to start getting into after we take a break. We we're gonna get into the albums. We're still there is a side project that I definitely want to get to as well. Uh, we are going to take a break. We'll be right back. We are back. Let's talk Stone Temple Pilots. Let's also talk Stone Temple Pilots albums. Yes, we're going to do this.
2: I hear the Stone Temple Pilots are nice this time of year. Core came out in 1992. Everybody ideas. Did. I got ideas. <laughs>
0: Uh, first album of the Stone Temple Pilots. Few bands have had a bigger first. Jesus tits. First album <laughs> was very big. We all know that. Right. Uh, <laughs> I, I think I know this album the best out of all of them. Hmm. Okay. Um, did
1: you buy this I don't know, when it came out? Or did you buy it? My later?
0: dad owned it. I don't. I think I was still too young to buy my own shit but this would be one of the first albums that i listened to like because what was i when this came out i was 10 years old mm. yeah so i was probably listening to my dad's cassette tape of it every time i saw him yeah. all but day. you heard it like, in this was one you heard the, it when it came out yeah because i do i remember sex type thing on headbangers ball yeah. i remember seeing the video for plush yep. played a, a million trillion times i remember yep. all that shit Um, this was massive, fucking eight times platinum. Yep. Uh, yeah. But yeah, I know every minute of this, I could sing every song. I probably know every guitar part. I grew up with this album. Did you discover this later? And what are your thoughts on this album?
1: That's a great question. Considering I was in elementary school when this came out, I don't know that I heard it when it came out. I might've heard it, um, later when purple when purple came out and i was a little bit more which i was still very young i i definitely heard it around the time early 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 90s i was surprised at how much i knew so i think that a lot more i absorbed a lot more of it than i realized
0: this album has been a part of your life for a very very long
2: time yeah uh (laughs) Far longer than the period of time that it wasn't a part of my life. Like, it, it's, I and you had loved this it on immediately. On what? And you loved it immediately. Oh, yeah. 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 Uh, it was not late to the game, but it, it was a, like the second wave of music after kind of the rock shift from hair metal into grunge and alternative. Um, so it, my musical sort of like palette had acclimated to that change Uh nirvana was challenging not i owned uh smells like teen spirit on cassette tape the single not the full album the single on cassette because i'm like that's interesting but i don't know if i want the full album (laughs) (laughs) i don't want to commit uh i owned (laughs) core on both the full album on cassette and cd so i could listen to it in both places nice Um, and same with Saigon kick. Same thing. I had the cassette and the CD. Um, it was huge for me. It was like I karaoke'd plush at a dance in high school <laughs> at one point at a fucking sock hop. Nice. A yeah, sock hop? We, we had a sock hop That's because we, 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 like I was. Love the when they played stone pilots at those sock hops. Right. Yeah. I was student body president mm. my senior year and I, we, we, I like organized a dance, but we didn't have a place to do it. And they're like, well, you can do it in the um the gym, the main gym where like the basketball court, but you guys can't wear your shoes because we had just they had just refinished the surface. So I'm like, fuck it, let's do a sock up. So we did a sock up. And we like programmed all the music ourselves and nice. Some of us saying karaoke. And so yeah, it was a big deal for me.
0: Uh, do you think that part of why critics fucking hated him already so much beyond the fact that they were already, you know, they didn't, uh, what do you quote unquote earn their stripes or whatever stupid mm-hmm. shit right. critics were? he was not, what was popular at the time was, was introverted, dark loner yeah. people that didn't want to be interviewed, didn't want to be talked to. He, he didn't want to be fucking Pearl Jam. He wanted to be. Fucking Bowie, he wanted to be yeah. the Stones. Like he yep. was out there and dancing and mm-hmm. and wearing shiny shit. And I think I just don't think
2: that it went with the time. I agree. Like they fucking dressed up like Kiss to play a show. Mm-hmm. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> they. But I think I, that's bad. I think that's ahead of the time. I think that's badass. It, it yes, I agree a hundred percent. I think that was a big part of it. I and mean, they wanted these sort of. Indie underground punk ethos bands. Yeah. And Stone Temple Pilots worked. And they, they just came out swinging and fucking selling platinum records.
1: <laughs> well, yeah. and I think it was confusing because it was like, you have this whole new color of music that it is bits of other things. It's a little mm-hmm. bit of grunge. It's a little bit of alternative. And it wasn't, yeah. it didn't exactly fit in the specific box of the time of like, okay, we want them to be grunge, but they're also doing all this other stuff. That's not exactly grunge. And so I wonder if that was part of the reason why critics were like, what the fuck is this? What, what are these guys doing? Mm -hmm. And then people that were absorbing the music was like, this is new and this is fun. And this is inventive. And I like it so much. So you have these two different groups of people that want different things and are judging it on with two different, uh, scales. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I think being from California was probably the one really hard black mark on their, like, it was like that, because another band that wasn't a grunge band or from Pacific Northwest that. Creed. <laughs> no the pumpkins the pumpkins same era Yeah, sure um but they're kind from of chicago from they chicago. like deep dish pizza they're from chicago did you yeah, say pizza? Right.
0: <laughs> pizza pizza deep dish pizza,
1: I heard pizza. pizza.
2: it was very anti work on my metal la over.
0: you know okay yes yes that's true yes they also i think a, a good pinnacle of or a good example of how they were treated differently was a sex type thing because that was kind of their "rape me," speaking to how fucking shitty that culture had yep. been and had mm-hmm. become, and was and it was getting worse at the time. Like the yep. frat boy shit was like primo shittio, uh, and it would just get worse and worse until what about Woodstock '99? Mm-hmm. I'd say, but for some reason, everybody lauded Kurt Cobain for "rape me," right? But "sex type" thing got a ton of shit. Like, yeah, it was played a lot and stuff, but critics. Right bashed that. Yeah. Because I don't know if it's because they didn't get it or it was just an easy target. I don't know. I think both.
1: Well, that was also um, before Rate Me.
0: That was well before Rate so Me. So you have yeah.
1: people that <clears throat> take the bullets for other people and yeah. prepare. Yeah. Oh, you know what I mean?
0: Interesting. We haven't we haven't talked about the fucking music. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> specifics you don't like, specifics you do like. Um,
1: I can't really think of much that I don't like. I think having... Hey-o. Uh, a lower production value than we're used to. Not a shitty, but like listening to music from 30 years ago. It's
0: very early 90s. It makes it Mm -hmm.
1: dirty. And I really, Mm. you know, it's one of my favorite things of Mm. having a not perfect recording. Uh, Something that I found in the evolution of Scott's voice is that he, he sings like he puts on clothes. In that, mm-hmm. it's different depending on his surroundings. Yeah, there, oh, there are.
0: That's a good taste. Yeah, there's wow. there's so
1: many different voices that he <laughs> yeah. has, and so yep. many evolutions. And like you said, physically, he changed. You know, drugs, no drugs, whatever. But there were so many times where it's like, oh, his hair is orange now, and he has a goatee, and he doesn't have it. And it's it really changed him so visually, and he does the same thing. Um, Throughout this al- out, not as much in this album as he does through other albums, but changes his voice yeah. depending on the song.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, very much agree. What is your favorite song, on encore? Me? Oh, no, no, no. I'm sorry, not your favorite. What do you think the best song on encore is?
1: Oh, creep. And I think that for me, hearing it on unplugged, I can mm. I know the rawness of the song, and so I feel like that made me think, wow, oh, this is. Best, the best,
0: yeah. I don't look, I don't, there's not much I don't like about core. And going Mm -hmm. through studying for this, I can pick apart honestly, I can pick apart a lot of Stone Temple Pilots albums. I can't really pick anything apart on this. Like, I think that this reads as a band that had a group of guys that knew each other since '85, yeah, that had been writing. That came out with an album in 92. That's seven years to write some really, really good shit. Yeah. And they did that on this. I think the best song is Plush. Mm. Um, be exactly what Rachel said. You hear that fucking unplugged. Pl- Holy yes. fuck. Yeah. Yes. Jesus. Um, evil likes, dislikes about Core. And uh, what do you think the best song on it is?
2: The, I think the production of the album. I think they took a lot of sonic risks in the, the subsequent albums that makes those albums more interesting. There's like a, a metallic chiminess to core that is of the time that I, that it feels a little one note in the production. Sure. Okay, okay. Uh, uh, but the songs are solid. It's I can't pick apart the songs at all. It It's so fucking good. In fact, I think the production hides how good the songs are are in some places mm. it hides some of the nuance of, of the songs. Whereas in subsequent albums, you get like layers of guitar with like acoustic stuff. And, and, you know, the, there'll be a telly in one side and a Gibson in the other side. Yeah. And yeah, it's, yeah, yeah, it, yeah. It's just in terms of production, it's, it's a little more lean. And mm-hmm. because of that, this, I think it's not as interesting but the songs are fucking great songs. And the the proof in the pudding there is the unplugged version of them is amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and really like shows how much and Plush is I think the best song on on their Creep is a great answer as well. I think those two Stone Temple Pilots kind of have they have multiple personalities, I guess, or mul- multiple things that they can do. Yeah. They have their heavy rock stuff that they can do. They have their really heavy, almost metal stuff they can do. And then they have like their acoustic. They're they're like Zeppelin in a lot of ways in that they can weave in and out of different genres. So I think both of those are good answers. Uh, I'm going to stay with and Plush I- because it's it was the big hit. It's yeah, That's what set them off into the stratosphere.
1: Sure. I think that
0: where critics saw something to complain about in, I think both of you are absolutely right. I think you can hear their their various influences in their music. I think mm-hmm. they, I think these were, these are technical musicians. You know, Dean and Rob are fucking technical yeah. musicians. And when you get that, you get people that grew up listening to the 60s rock and 70s rock and mm-hmm. these, you know, Scott was obsessed with Bowie and McCartney. And when you, when that happens... And like the yeah, Carpenters
2: and... and- like like John yeah. Denver and uh, I mean yeah. their their musical like lineage is it's it's way broader than what you would think
3: mm-hmm.
0: and when that happens you are going to get this, that, like I said, things that critics can complain about. Oh, they're just mm-hmm. ripping off of hundreds of people. No, they're using their influences to write music like that. Like that's, Agreed. that's how music is fucking made. Yeah. You know, I didn't see anybody. I I can't find a critic bitching about how Nirvana sounds exactly like the, the Pixies, Pixies, but they do. Uh, the next album they came out with you guys. It's an album called Pur- Purple. Purple. Hmm. Purple.
2: I don't know that one very um,
0: well. And we are not going to cover it today. I did not you know look why? At that album. Because we're covering it some other day. And with that, <laughs> that's all that left. Th- that what? What? That's all that left. That is all we're going to do tonight. Uh, Rachel, David. any final thoughts before we go to episode two, part two of Stone Temple Pilots?
1: Um, I'm just really excited for the next episode. Also, I really just want to emphasize, we could not pick that album apart. They were so good this is their debut mm-hmm. album yeah i cannot think yeah. off the top of my head of another debut album that is so <clears throat> close to a 10 holy oh, shit what
2: anyway what like huh hmm. i have i have like my debut album rule like which is what this is a killer debut album van halen one uh rage against the machine oh weird van halen um mm. yeah right uh, guns fine. and roses the, i think this belongs on there what's the just killer just first albums killer first albums well yeah that could be a thing it absolutely does i mean
1: that could be a whole there's, youtube there's, channel
0: there's a few from 1994 that we're going to talk about this year verse, versecoursefirst.com at versecoursefirst pod everybody we're back in three days, talking the rest of the albums of Stone Temple Pilots, doing some awards, doing some rank. We're gonna rank their albums. We're gonna give you our favorite songs. All of that is coming in a few days. Hey, we love you. I'm gonna end this with a quote from Mr. Billy Corgan of the Smashing Pumpkins. It was he. This was a quote uh, that he came out with when Scott died. Mm. It was Stone Temple Pilots' third album that had got me hooked. A wizardly mix of glam and post-punk, and I confessed to Scott as well as the band many times how wrong I'd been in assessing their native brilliance. And like Bowie Cannon does, it was Scott's phrasing that pushed his music into a unique and hard-to-pin-down aesthetic sonic sphere. Lastly, I'd like to share a thought which though clumsy, I hope would please Scott in hominem. And that is if you ask me who I truly believed were the great voices of our generation, it was Lane, it was him and it was Kurt. Yeah. We'll see you next week. Everybody. Good night and good luck.